I pray, Father, for breakthroughs. I pray, Lord God, that as we enter into this new season of our ministry, that, God, that we will lay hold of our vision. I pray, God, that those whose visions perhaps have died or waned to some extent, I pray that there will be a revitalization, Father God, that you will re-energize us afresh this morning. Oh, God, come, Holy Spirit, have your way in us, Lord, as we get into the riches of your word this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. How I many you had an opportunity to look at the um, Olympics this past year? Well, everybody got their favorite aspects of the Olympics that they like. You know, my, my daughter and my wife, they seem to like the gymnastic stuff, and they seem to like all the lady things, you know, how that goes. And I like the basketball, I like the wrestling, and I like the, you know, the, all the, the rough stuff, you know, and of the Olympics. Of course, the track and field. I, I absolutely love to watch track and field. But on this one particular occasion, I'm, I'm sitting in my home and watching the Olympics. And all of a sudden, I am, I am captured. I can't quite figure it out. But I've never been one that's been a roar. I, how many of you have ever experienced rowing? You, know, you like that? I'm, I'm, it's not me. So I'm sitting there watching TV. And usually when I see something on the Olympics, I do like everybody else. I flip the channel until I find something else I want to watch. You know, some other event that comes up. But I, I see these folks rowing, and, and I know I'm, I'm looking at these boats. They have all these different countries, and in each boat, they have about eight people inside of these boats. And they're all racing. And one of the things that just, that just got me so excited, and I'm sitting there watching, and I, and I couldn't flip the channel. All of a sudden, I found myself watching something I have no interest in. And I'm looking at all these people in these boats, and, and they're all, they, these, I guess these paddles, they call them oars. And so they, they got an oar on each side. And they're, and they're go, moving back like this. And the beautiful thing that really captured, the thing that got my attention was that every last one of them had to move in unison in order to propel the boat further or, or faster forward. And so they're, they're there and they're, they're moving like this. And, and it just, the boat just looks so graceful as it's just floating across the water. And I said, and I, I began to think to myself, how difficult can that be? That every last one of those folks inside that boat, they have to be on the what? Same page. They can't, listen, if somebody in that group decided they want to be the MVP of the whole thing and say, you know what, this is all about me. When we get across that finish line, I want to be the one that they say he did it. If you had any of that, guess what happened? It slows the boat down. If you have everybody going like this, you have somebody decide that they want to go all off and do their own thing, then it destroys the whole race. And so I sit and I watch them. I thought to myself, God, if the church can operate like those folks in that boat. Watch this now. They're all just moving this way. And they're all in unison. There was no, listen, the beauty of it, when they get the gold medal, when they got the gold medal, that every single one of them get the gold. Now, everybody want the gold, right? Everybody get excited about the gold. But see, as an individual, you get to go back and brag and tell everybody, I got the gold. But guess what? You got the gold because you had a mindset of teamwork. You couldn't get your gold without the team. See, there are no long ranger Christians. We talk about, you know, we get believers sometimes to think that somehow that I want to be a star. I, you know, they, they, they go to place to place, church to church, and they, they try to find a place where they can say, I want to just do my thing. But they never think about the aspect of teamwork because God always think about team. God says that we are the what? 
the body of Christ. So that means that I can't be what I need to be without Curtis. You know, Larry, I can't be what I need to be without you. We need each other. We need, God has designed it that way. And so here's what we have sometimes, and here's the thing that we got to understand. We talk about vision and purpose. As I, as I talked about that rowing, for an example, that everybody in that boat, they were all on the same page, right? They had one vision, they had one purpose, and that was to win the gold medal. And because they were willing to lay aside their own personal agenda for the betterment of the team, they all succeeded, you see. When you and I are willing to lay down our own personal endeavors for the greater good, for what God has called us to do, everybody wins in the game of life. And so Proverbs 29, 18, this is a scripture that is, and I'll be going through a couple of scriptures this morning. But Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no vision or revelation, the people are left Unrestrained, or if you read the King James Version, if where there is no vision, the people perish. You see, when you have a situation when everybody is out and trying to do their own thing, you're going to find chaos, right? You're going to find chaos. Look at it this way. For example, if you're trying to start, let's 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 take let's make it a little bit more personal. Let's say even in your home, right? Let's say in your home. You ever hear people say, for an example, you know, you, you talk, talk to a marriage couple and they say, well, you know, and I heard them talk to me and they say, Pastor, we just grown apart. They, they just went that way and I went that way. And one of, the things that I, one of the things that becomes so clear to me is that whatever led them in different directions, they were not on the same page. You see, we need to have a vision even for our families. See, this vision goes beyond just here in church. We need to have a vision for every aspect in your life. You see, for an example, inside of my home, there's a vision that we have. When you walk in my home, one of the things my kids know, that this place is holy. That we have a sanctified house. This is God's house. So therefore, there are certain things we're not going to watch on television. If we have guests who come and they visit with us, if you, are you married? No, I'm not. Okay, then that's cool. Then you get to sleep in that room and not we get to sleep in that room. You see, we don't just allow for anything. Why? Because we have a vision. We see, we have a purpose and we understand what we're called to do. And we don't deviate from that. And so even in your, in, in your marital relationships, watch this now, you need to have a vision. If you and your partner are going in different directions, you need to sit down and say, okay, let's come to some kind of agreement and understanding on where we're going to go and how we're going to do this thing. Because if you don't, I mean, you allow the enemy a foothold in your relationships. And he will call all kinds of problems. So, we, so vision is important to understand. Vision gives you a mental picture. Say, for example, turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. I don't think I'm going to be real long this morning, but... You know, you remember Abraham being called of God. And this is, you know, Abraham had already been called out by God. But God kept making little deposits in Abraham's spirit because along the way, Abraham began to doubt whether or not, you know, every now and then, whether or not God was going to make this thing happen. Because God is telling Abraham that in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. In you, Abraham, just descendants is going to be like the sand on the ground. You won't even be able to number them. And of course, Abraham is looking at this thing like, 
I don't have any kids, God. What are, you, what are you talking about? So we're at one of these moments that Abraham is having. Look at Genesis chapter 15, verse number one. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Now watch this. Now watch this. Talk about vision. Look at this. Then he brought him outside and said, he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heavens and count the stars. If you are able to number them, and he, he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, what was God doing to Abraham? God was saying to Abraham, look, I want, he, was pointing, he, was a, he was showing Abraham a vision, a picture. He's saying to Abraham, look, Abraham, this is what I'm going to do in your life. Because, you see, here's the thing we got to understand. See, vision, and we're going to talk about this in a moment. I'm trying to stay on point this morning, but I'm just going to move with the spirit. But one, but one of the things that vision brings inspiration, right? And so God understands that Abraham, you know, Abraham, he's, he's there. He's been called out. He responded to the call of God. And then God begins to remind him, say, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Abraham, you're going to have a bunch of kids. I, I don't see any kids yet. Abraham, I want you to look up. I want you to count, count all those stars. Can you count them, Abraham? Now, God knew that Abraham couldn't count them. But God says, can you count them? God says, no, I can't, but so shall your descendants be. What was God doing? Vision. He was showing him a picture. He was saying, Abraham, I want you to get ready for what I'm about to do in your life. He was showing him a picture. See, vision brings inspiration. So God inspired him. And see, one of the things that we got to understand that is confusion and division are as a result oftentimes of no vision. See, division is what we don't want. That's where the word vision comes from. So you can have vision, you can have division. See, the Bible says in James, for where envy and self-seeking exist, there is confusion and every evil thing are there. And so one of the things, we talk about vision as a people, when God brings us together as a church, as a people, one of the things that we got to get away from is the self-seeking attitude. It's all about me. How many know it's not all about you? See, I, one of the things that we got, one of the things that we got to understand is that when God gives you a gift, when God anoints you, when God puts a call on your life, when God blesses you, if you happen to be sitting here this morning, you happen to be wealthy, you happen to be doing real good. You know why God did all that? To make you a blessing. It's not just for you. And so, and so here's, what, see, here's what God says, that where there's envy and there's confusion, where there's self-seeking exists, there's confusion in every evil thing. Why? Because everybody is for himself, and I don't care about nobody else but me. And whenever you come into a situation like that, you're going to have confusion. One of the things we understand about the enemy is the devil loves confusion. You know, he loved, I mean, one of the things, this is the common denominator I find when I, you know, I'm a, I'm a policeman. You know, what's my full-time job? Other than being a pastor, so I'm doing two things at one time. Y'all pray for a brother because it's hard sometimes. 
Well, I'm the detective. And one of the things I find out that's a common denominator when you go in some of these houses sometimes, right? Some of these, these bad guys, the criminals, the people that we're locking up, we do search warrants. One of the things that's a common denominator is whenever I go in the house, there's always confusion. The house is always so filthy. I'm talking about, I'm talking about filth. I mean, there was one time a brother had a hole in the roof, and it had been raining in the house for years. And you can see the mildew and the stench, and, 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 and there was stuff all over the place. I mean, no, there ain't no vision there. There's no sense of direction. These are people that are just living from day to day. They have no purpose. They, listen, they're not shooting for anything. And the enemy is at work. You see, whenever you have a situation where they're self-seeking and people are just very, very into themselves, care about nothing but themselves, you're welcoming the devil in your house. See? See, the devil loves to work in confusion. That's why he don't want people, he don't want you to catch a vision. He don't want a house that everybody get on the same page and everybody catch a vision. He wants you to remain divided. He wants you divided in your home. He wants you divided in your relationships. He wants to rip apart your church. The Bible said that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. To the full, overflowing. And so the devil don't want us to talk about vision. He don't, he don't want us to do that. You see, what are the benefits of, 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 of vision? It reduces frustration. See, when everybody is on the same page, think about it this way. <laughs> you know, you think of, sometimes I've had to respond to, to car accidents. It's always funny, you know, and I used to work patrol years ago. I would drive up, and I would see these people out of the car. And without question, it was always tension, as you can imagine. Somebody just hit each other or something. Sometimes I drive up, they be ready to fight. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they got the stance, they're like this, and they are ready to go at it. <laughs> sometimes they're on the verge, sometimes they're even fighting, they're already going at it, and we'll get that subsequent call that says, hey, they, some people out in the middle of the road fighting, and they're fighting because, you know, somebody just hit somebody. You know, they, it's your fault. No, it's not my fault, it's your fault. And how many know it's everybody's fault? You see, Kind of like that picture like that. See, when there's no vision as a people of God, you see, what happens is everybody start clashing into, you know, start having accidents, right? Everybody start wrecking and hitting each other. And, you know, when we start hitting each other because we're going all over the place because we have no vision, we have no sense of direction, you have a tendency to get what? Frustrated. You ever been in a church like that where everybody's out trying to do their own thing and everybody butting heads all the time? Because you know why? Oftentimes, there's no sense of direction. There's no purpose. Everybody, everybody's for himself. And so when you don't have vision, when you don't have everybody on the same page, you clash. You clash. And you can't function. See, without a vision, the people perish. In other words, whatever you're doing, it's not going to work. That's why vision is so incredible, incredibly important. You see, vision, a second point, vision promotes unity. Vision promotes unity. Vision promotes unity. Look at Genesis chapter number 11. I want to show you something. Somebody, somebody's going to get delivered this morning. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 11. Look at this. This is so powerful. Genesis chapter 11. This was after Noah. We preached last week about Noah. In Genesis chapter number 11, verses 1 through 6. Look at this. Now we're talking about unity. We're talking about vision, but how that vision promotes unity. Watch this. And we'll start reading in verse number one, one through six. Now, the whole earth had one language. Everybody say one language. 
one language and one speech. Everybody say one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found in a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the whole face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see, watch this now, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Watch this. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they, ha- they all have, done, have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Watch this. This is so powerful. Talk about you talk about unity and vision. Here it is. These people are outside of the will of God because it was God's intention that that man spread over the whole earth. These folks got together. And here's what they said. They said, we're going to build us a tower, and we're going to build up this way. We're going to move up vertically. We don't want to spread all the whole earth. We're going to build us a tower to heaven. And be, but, but, but watch this, though. Now, they were outside of the will of God. But here, how many know when you're building something, you get God's attention? They got God. God saw what they were doing. God said, because these people are one, because these people are unified, if I don't get down there and stop them, nothing will be able to stop them from accomplishing what they purpose to do. Why? Because they were in unity together. They were all on the same page. And it's a wonder why the devil always trying to keep us divided and apart. He tried to keep us looking inwardly all the time. So you really want your breakthrough, start looking outwardly. Oh, start looking outwardly. This thing was so powerful. It was so anointed that even though they were outside of the will of God, this thing, God had to go down and he had to stop them because here's what God was saying. That if I don't go down there and stop them, because they're in unity and they have one vision, what was that vision? We're going to build us a tower to heaven. And nothing's going to stop us. And God said, oh, I, I got to. So he went to confuse your language. Language, language. See, one of the things that we talk about our church as we're in this new season of our ministry, one of the things we've got to understand is that it's important to speak the same language. Now, what do I mean by that? It's important that we all say the same things. That when we present to the people out there, that we all speak in the same language. We don't have anybody going around just, oh, gosh, all, you got one person saying one thing, another person saying another thing, and we're tearing each other down. I mean, no, we can't tear each other down. We've got to lift up what God is doing. But we all got to speak the same language. We all got to be on the same page. If we're going to be like those folks in that boat, how many know that, that, that we all got to be doing this? We got to be, we got to be pulling those oars together. We got to all be in unity together if we're going to reach our destiny. So it is, it got to be the same thing in your home, in your marriage. You see? You can't be saying one thing. Listen, you can't be saying one thing about your husband or your spouse and, you know, and then going back telling people all this bad, oh, you know, he ain't never going to be nothing. You know, he just lazy. Oh, you know, this woman don't ever pay any attention to me. Oh, God, you know. So, I mean, no, you, you can't do that. Because what's going to happen? Division. You're going to start drifting apart, you see. But, boy, look at the power of vision. When both of you and everybody is, listen, in the, in, in the context of home, when you're all on the same page, in the context of a church, when you all get one vision, 
in the same context as a, if you have a business, that everybody is thinking the same thing. Now, that's not that we're robotic. I'm not talking about like cult-like kind of, you know, militant. I'm talking about when we all have a vision, a goal, and then listen, that we're willing to sacrifice and do whatever in order to achieve that level of success, you see. Vision is very, very important. Vision also brings about a sense of momentum, right? Momentum. Everybody want to be a part of something that's going somewhere. Come on, somebody. Vision promotes momentum. You get excited because why? I have a goal. For an example, you say, well, you know, my family, we're in debt. Well, how many know if you, if, listen, if you're in debt, you and your spouse, or you need to sit down and come up with a plan of how to get out of debt. If you don't have no plan, then you're going to stay where you are. And, you know, and, you know, sometimes we don't like to look at the hard facts, do we? You know, we don't want to sit down and pop that thing open and say, oh, God. But how, how many know we got to start somewhere? Because if you're, listen, if you're going to get it, if you're going to say, well, God, listen, I'm, look, I'm all for, I trust God. You know, I'm just trusting the Lord. What are you doing, brother? Sister, what? Oh, I'm just believing God's going to get me out. Well, how's God going to get you out? You better get a vision. You better sit down and apply some principles of scripture if you're going to get out of that situation. You got to sit down and come up with a plan. Okay, God, now your plan might take you two, three, five, 15 years for some of you, but you got a plan. You got a vision. And when you see yourself starting to make some progress along the way, momentum start to gather. You start to get excited. Why? Because, you see, I'm accomplishing something. See, one of the things I, you know, when I, when I go to work, I, I get excited when I'm able to, 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 to accomplish some stuff. When you, when you worked all day long, you want to be able to come home and feel like, you know, I, I've accomplished some stuff today. I just, I just hate wasting time. I, I just hate wasting time. We got to be a people. Listen, we got to be a people that says to welcome God into what we're doing. We got to come up with a plan. We got to come up for a vision for whatever it is that God is putting your heart to do. Write the thing down. In the book of Habakkuk, he says, write it down. The vision will come. It will not tarry. He said, listen, wait for it. It's going to happen. Everything that God did, God started with a vision. When God came to Moses, he said to Moses, look, I'm going to send you. You're going to deliver my people. So Moses had to get that thing down in his spirit that I'm going to be the one that's going to lead the people. God inspires vision. God, listen, God inspires, but how many know we got to respond? We got to jump on this thing. We got to go and we got to possess. Because God, God, listen, you're going to get out that. I don't care what they say. You can, you can put your hands on that wallet. I used to have a lady on TV say, just put your hand on the thing, and I just cancel my debt. Okay, you can cancel your debt, but after you finish canceling your debt, go get a plan. As you, finish, as you finish spiritually canceling your debt, go get a plan. See how the enemy, the enemy loves to keep the people of God bound. The Bible said that in one place that the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. I mean, no, that ought not be the case. We're the people of God. It's important that we all understand vision and have a plan. You see, another, another aspect of vision is it attracts cooperation. Gets everybody excited about what's going on. Everybody want to cooperate because everybody can see that God is doing something. And you have positioned yourself. You have positioned yourself for the move of God. See, that's what we're talking about in our ministry. As, as God, this is going to be our year. Of, we've been preaching this. That this is going to, we said it this morning. That this is going to be our year of breakthrough. 
This is going to be, and not because we're just going to sit here and just, just, just watch these four little walls and say, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. Because we're going to, listen, we're going to walk in faith. You see? God said, I'm going to, look, God promised in the promised land. He said, the land of Canaan is all yours. But how do you know that it had to be some Joshua folks to get up there and go possess? You got to go and possess what God has for you. That means when you go and possess, that means your attitude changed. Right? Because you walk a certain way because as a man thinks in the heart, so is he. So however you think, how many know people pick that up real quick? See? When you walk in faith, things happen. When you walk in doubt and unbelief, things happen. I, told, I, I, I say all the time, I just do not like to be around a bunch of negative folks. I, I just don't have a lot of time. I must, listen, look, put me around some overcomers, glory to God. I, I can be back and do bad all by myself. Put me around some people that preaching some faith. Put me around some folks that are talking about overcoming some stuff. God, this is, I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I mean, no, we got to overcome, you see. Look at, look at Mark chapter 3. We, we're winding this thing down. Mark chapter 3. Now, if this doesn't get it, if this doesn't bring a home for you, then I can't do anything else. Because we're talking about vision. Vision for our ministry, vision for our home. How many know it's hard to be in, how many know it's, 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 it's hard to be, in, uh, to, to be on one page, walking in the vision in the church, if our homes ain't right? You see? I believe strong family makes strong churches. If families are weak, churches are going to be weak. So it's hard. See, we got to look at every aspect of our life and really begin to embrace the concept of vision and understand that God made you to be a dreamer. God has put something down on each and every one of you. There is something for you to do. <laughs> you got to believe that. You got to believe that there's, there's something significant that God wants to do in your life. You're not here this morning by accident. God inspires dream and vision. Every one of you, there's something significant God wants to do in your life. But you got to open yourself up to it. But watch this, what he says about vision. Look at this. In Mark chapter 3, watch this. And we'll start reading at verse 22. <laughs> and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. In other words, he was being motivated by the devil. Here it is. Jesus is out there healing folks, doing all kinds of miracles. And they are attributing what God's work to being demonic. They're saying to Jesus, Jesus, you, you, you're casting out devils because you're, you, you know, you're prince of it. You're son of the devil. How horrible a thing to say, right? But watch how Jesus bring. I like how Jesus, he, I, that's why I love Jesus. He just always had the right thing to say. Hallelujah. He called them to himself. He said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but has an end. And no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his good unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. Here's what Jesus said. A house divided cannot stand. Now, why is God saying this to us right now? Because we're getting ready for the greatest harvest in our ministry. Right? So that means, listen, that we, God is saying we need to get every area of your life together. Get everything right. That means that we all got to start speaking the same language, saying the same things on the same page. Right? Because he says here that a house divided cannot stand. He didn't say it might not stand. 
He says, if you're divided, you won't stand. You will not make it. A house that is divided, whether it's a church, whether it's a business, whether it's in your home, whether it's in your marriage, if you are divided until there is a coming together, how can two walk together unless they agree? Until there's a coming together, there's going to continually be a problem of division, you see. You see, we can't have divided loyalties. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about being divided loyalties? Now, this is deep because as we talk about a harvest for this church, think about it from a broader context. This nation is undergoing one of the biggest uh, uh, financial problems, all kind of problems with our nation right now. But I really believe that this is all a setup because God is about to bring in a harvest for his people. God, in other words, God is, God is expediting the process of his return. I really believe that. I firmly believe that. And I believe that God is calling the church now to step up and get ready. I really believe this with all of my heart. But see, in order for us, watch this now, in order for the church to be in position to minister to the folks out there who are looking for answers, People, how I many know people are looking for answers? When people start looking at their portfolio and they see they start losing money, how I many know they're looking for answers? They, they want to know. How I many know the church ought to be a people? We ought to be the ones that say, you know what? We have the answers. We're ready. We, we know what God is saying. We know how to get you through this situation. But we cannot have divided lawyers. What do I mean? Well, you can't be one foot in the world and one foot in the church. See, I know a lot of people that praise God on Sunday, come to church, raise your hand, get that dance on, get their praise on. But then through the course of the week, no mention of God. Don't think about God much. Never pray unless there's a problem. Hardly read their Bible. In other words, not really devoted to God. How many know for this end time harvest that God want to bring to the people of God, how many know we got to be fully devoted to him? That means, I, listen, we can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Jesus said it this way, that if you're lukewarm, I'm spitting you out. He said, I wish that you were hot or cold, one or the other. You can't be both ways. You got to make a decision. If you're going to go with God, go all the way with God. Are you with me? I said, listen, if we're going to be Christians, let's be Christians. If you say you're saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, let's act like it. Let's walk like it. We can't be divided in our loyalties with God. We got to be a fully devoted people. See, our vision here is to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple who loves the word of God and who who is passionate about their faith and their devotion to Jesus Christ. Devotion. We all have to be on the same page. We can't be divided with God. We can't be saying, look, Lord, I'm, I'm still, listen, you remember the, the prophets of Baal? When the children of Israel was in, in rebellion against God, and, and the prophet said, look, they'll choose this day. Who, 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 who are you going to serve? We can't be divided in our affections. For what God wants to do in this season, we all have to get ourselves ready. We have to say, you know what, we, God is calling us to a higher level, a higher level of commitment. Well, Pastor, what are you saying? I mean, I got to pray more, come to church more? Yeah. What are you saying? I got to think about God more? Yeah. I'm saying we got to be devoted. If we're going to reach the masses for Christ, we got to be devoted. Because everything in your life, if you're a believer, nothing that happens in your life is an accident. Everything that happens in your life is a setup. Because God is pulling the strings in your life. God is directing you. And God knows, how many know God knows how to get your attention? 
<laughs> oh, glory to God. God knows how to get our attention. God will do what he got to do to get your attention. He'll keep knocking like this. Come on, come on. Don't wait. Listen, he said, today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts. So if God is telling you to come a little closer, go a little closer. If God is saying, I want you more devoted, get more devoted. How many know it's good for you? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. There's nothing more sweeter than being with God. The best life. Amen. Amen. I'm done. Let's bow your heads.